Coming up, NBA draft. Cam Whitmore, what happened? That's next. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. You can find the first two parts of NBA Draft of Palooza on this feed. This is part three. We were taping. It's about 7.30. We're going to wait until the Celtics picked at 25. But the draft became so slow. They were interviewing college coach for like 10 minutes, and we were like, screw it. We're starting. Here we go. Bring in Pearl Jam. I'm here with Kevin O'Connor, the Shakespeare of NBA Draft Twitter, <laughs> and Tay Frazier. We just watched the first 21 picks of the NBA Draft. It was the Wembenyama Draft. It was Miller versus Scoot. It was the Cam Whitmore free fall. It was Orlando causing Steve Cerruti to text us. It feels like we drafted Alfred Payton again. So we have that. Orlando <laughs> is back. Um, a bizarre ESPN telecast. There's just a lot to cover here. Well, remember that this says the Wemby draft. We don't have to talk about Wemby, right? I mean, he got interviewed. Yeah, how many interviews has he done tonight? Yeah, we're good. Wemby, amazing. 20 years from now, remember (laughs) that you got drafted. All right. Scoot versus Miller. Just a fan (laughs) duel roller coaster ride (laughs) on the odds. And then Brandon Miller goes second. KOC has now moved into a corner here with Brandon Miller. Now you have to be right. You're all in. You're like, this was the pick. This is the right thing. Yeah, he's like patting it's me not- on the back. I'm, I'm like Hugo the Hornet. I'm like peeled over. I like, I don't know what to do with myself. And KOC's like, it's the right pick. Congrats. Don't Tate, worry about Tate it. Tate Charlotte fan devastated that they didn't take Scoot. Why was this the right pick, KOC? If Brandon Miller is six foot nine. He provides playmaking. Scoot Henderson is six foot two. He's a target on defense. He's an he's an iffy shooter. Brandon Miller is a knockdown shooter. So I think for Charlotte, we talked about this in your part too. There's there was reason to take Scoot leadership intangibles it factor. He was but, described as ultra competitive. Yes, but Brandon Miller, like mm. now they have two big primary playmakers. They have versatility. Miller can still push ball off the ball and kind of like get, unleash his ability off screens and spot ups and relocating and cutting. Tate's I, not. Tate's still not excited. I, I, no, no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm turning around. I'm trying to turn around. You did. He KOC was working <laughs> on you for three hours. Well, I mean, like for you, Tate, for, like with Miller and 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 now Ball together, and now you get Mark Williams room protector. You hope you bring back PJ Washington in this situation. Oh, yeah, you like him back. don't, yeah, you got don't to. like they you can need, play these thirty five wins jumbo lineups. They can be massive. Right. I like being big, you know what I mean? I like the backcourt and I like the idea of a six foot seven point guard, a six foot nine shooting guard. That's enticing. Um, there's reasons to be excited about Brandon Miller. And honestly, I want to be excited about Brandon Miller. I just had fallen in love with Scoot. Um, like you talked about that competitiveness. I like the birth birth certificate idea. You know what I mean? I, there was a lot going on for Scoot Henderson, but Brandon Miller, Muggsy Bogue said he was the pick. I'm going to ride with Muggsy. I think it was the right pick. Tate, I don't believe any of this. <laughs> Where's the lie detector test? I don't believe <laughs> My heart is pounding. I've never seen, first of all, you were disconsolate for 10 minutes after the I don't pick. Think I, talked. I didn't, I didn't say talking. a word. He was just slumped in his seat. Yeah. Then I started cracking jokes. You slowly yeah. came back. They, at one point, they showed the, 
it was Charlotte's fourth number two pick. They showed the graphic. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was Alonzo Mourning. All Good right. one. After LJ, Mecca too. Okafor, eh, he yeah. wasn't bad. Better, better than you think. Yeah. yeah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist didn't yeah, work yeah, out that well. Yeah, and yeah, then, uh, well. and Brandon Miller. And mm-hmm. I think I could see the fear in Tate's eyes. Because, mm-hmm. and I had to make the one for four joke. But um, I guess we'll find out. I would have taken Scoot. I just feel like he's got the it factor. What's fun about, as an NBA fan, this is a much for, more fun scenario, right? Because Portland has to take him at three. But he makes no sense on the roster they have. Like, the, literally, the last thing they needed was a six-foot-two, I-need-the-ball guards. They have Dame, they have Simons, got Shane Sharp there. He's, you know, he can't legally drink. Scoot can't <laughs> legally drink. Dame's going to be 33. And I think the feeling around the league, I'm sure you've heard this, is... If this is the direction this goes, watch out for Dame. Windhorse said that on my podcast on Tuesday. So now that Dame watches on KOC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm all surprised nothing happened big tonight out of nowhere as soon as Scoot was the pick. Um, but uh, I think we're at a point now where you have all those guys, not just the youth, but the lack of size in the backcourt. I mean, you can't win many games with Damian Lillard and Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. And and Shane Sharp has some length and athleticism, but it's not like he's six foot eight, six foot nine. Don't uh, forget about Nurkic's complete lack of rim protection and any sort of defensive mm-hmm. ability at all. It's got, I mean, he's a dead weight right now at the center position for Portland. Like if they're gonna keep Dame, they need to improve the center spot, but they're still small in the backcourt. So I, I just think for Damian Lillard at this point and for the Blazers, it's best to split up. And whether it's Miami or Brooklyn or if Portland says, screw your list, we're trading them for the best player, best offer we get, I just think these, those guys are better off splitting up. Mm. It's going to be sad when so Miami takes that kid today and everybody's like, oh, my God, what an unbelievable <laughs> pick. Heat culture. You get Latin American and right, no, oh, he's going to get traded Hockey. to Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to get traded to Portland in like a week. And he plays just like Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like if you watch Jaime Jaquez in college, at times you're like, wow. You know, to use KOC's term, shades of Jimmy Butler. So him playing behind Jimmy makes a lot of sense. He can endear himself to the community of Miami. He's a winning player. He checks all those boxes, and he's gone for Dame Lillard, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's going to play in about a week. So this worked out great for Scoot. Does yeah because now he goes to Portland, they're, I would guess probably going to trade Dame for either to Brooklyn or Miami or some mystery team and be like, all right, here we go, we got all the young guns now. We're gonna mm-hmm. keep Simons, we keep Sharp, we got Scoot. They also they, got uh, Chris Murray. That's their pick at twenty three. That oh, just came in as we record. Interesting. Who yeah. was the twenty second pick? Just out of curiosity, uh, Derek Whitehead to the Nets. Oh. So my guy Omax is still available. Yes. Mm. On real time yeah. on this yeah. podcast, uh, you're going to hear yep. me yep. <laughs> have a little Omax gasm. <laughs> <laughs> so for Scoot, though, Portland, I was I couldn't help but think about uh, once upon a time, God bad name Michael Jordan fell to three. Mm. Team Come on. picking two. <laughs> they is had a need. Is this Sam Bowie redemption here? Like, well, is they had a team picking uh, number two, the Portland Trailblazers. They were like, we're good at all these. We, what we really need is a big guy. Yeah, yeah, we got Clyde Drexler. What right. do we need? We don't need another shooting guard. It took Sam Bowie. Now, all these years later, maybe it flips. This is too much for Scoot. Yeah. Scoot, Scoot might, is going to be a good player. Listen, it sounded great. I didn't say it was true. <laughs> I, just, I just fell over again. <laughs> or it's no, Scoot's, not, Scoot's not Michael Jordan. So, I, mean, but. I mean, Scoot's, Scoot's going to be a good point guard. I mean, he's just going to be. He has that it factor. He's got that you know dog in him, right? Like all these intangible qualities. He can pass. He can get to the basket. He's he's a fearless player. He's had clutch moments for the ignite this past season. He's going to be good. I it's just, just want you to be protected. Just leave leave an open mind for the scoot ceiling. I mean, there's a chance. I don't want you to just say this is a three-floor house. There's a chance. There's a chance. Okay. There's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. He's saying there's there's a three-person draft, you know what I mean? And and scoot just was third for him. There is a chance, but there's also a chance like Amen and Asar Thompson are both better. Like with Scoot, oh, a five person he, draft. He's, Never mind. He's six foot two. He still needs to improve. He still needs to improve as a shooter. Still mm. needs to improve at getting actually getting the basket and finishing at a high level, drawing fouls. And defensively, he's six two. You get targeted. So I, I just think the expectations he's for Scoot. He's ultra competitive, though. And but that's that, but that's why expectations have just gone through the roof for him because he's yeah. so lovable. So I, I hope he reaches those expectations. But like temper them a little did bit, you like you know? the grill that's a good question when i saw the I, grill and i and i saw the flash i was saying to myself 
I, I feel like I like his moxie. I like the confidence. I like he that he thinks confident. he's the number one pick, you know? A lot of times you want a guy that thinks he's supposed to be the number one pick. Those are the things I like about Scoop. I like the grill the first four times okay. he showed off the grill. But <laughs> like around number 13, I started to get a little worried. Um, I think it, this works out great for him. Now it's like this was a three-player draft, then it dropped. I was picked third. Well, I, I'm as good as those. Now mm-hmm. he'll have the little that thing. That chip's and, even bigger for him. And he's yeah. also, if they trade Dame, it'll be a bad team next year, which is great for him. Good conference. He'll have the ball more. I just don't know what that Dame trade is. Like Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, who were their two picks at 21 and 22? Uh, they, they had Noah Clowney at 21 out of Alabama center. Then Dariq Whitehead at 22. Duke guard slash wing had injuries, two foot surgeries. So both of those guys could be Number two player in Brooklyn, class. Yeah, if Brooklyn mm-hmm. trades for... Uh, for yeah. Dame, which I don't, I don't think can be ruled out. And then, other than that, for Dame teams, the only other one I could think of is Atlanta. If Trey was on the table, which yeah, there's been no rumors about be, that yeah. at all. I mean, what about Boston? Is there any world in which Boston tries to get involved? Well, Chris, he, he basically already said he didn't yeah, want to go Chris, there. I Chris think. Haynes, who's a lot yeah, of people say they want to go places. I know. Yeah, he's incredibly tight with Dame. Obviously, he said it's not going to happen. Like just flat out said, it, it's not going to happen. So mm. I mean, other than well, the that, Celtics aren't trading Jalen Brown. I mean, no. that's they, at least for the next year he's on the team, so they don't have enough to get him anyway. And Portland wouldn't want Jalen Brown unless they were keeping Damian Lillard. Right. Right. It's kind of a catch-22. And and even then, I'm not sure they would have wanted to give up number three considering they don't know if Jalen would resign. The one that could have made sense is Philly, but they just don't have the picks because it's like Maxi Harris plus, and then there's no plus. It really might just be the Heat and the Nets, and and that's about it. Other than that, I mean, who has either the assets or the need for another point guard? Just not many teams. Well, I would have said maybe Orlando, but they absolutely, uh, in my opinion, whiffed on the draft. They put six and eleven. I don't really understand what happened. They take uh, Anthony Black at six. They take Jed Howard at eleven, which drew gasps in our little draft <laughs> viewing room. You had what did you have? Jed Howard twentieth, twentieth on my board. Yeah. Um, There's just other guys we liked more than that. Meanwhile, in the middle of those, Case and Wallace went ten. Um, and my guy French Pippen went seven, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I wanted cousin or- Sal was all over Koulibaly for you, by the way. Oh he, yeah, yeah. He he bet that he took that he won that. So congratulations. Well, all you had to see was two videos of him just <laughs> p- blocking stuff off the shot clock. Um, I feel like Orlando missed an opportunity in that KOC. I, I like the Anthony Black pick at six. Me too. Uh, I mean, he's a good connector. Right, talk piece. me into it because he feels a little Alfred Payton to me. So, so the, let's play to the Alfred Payton part first. Yeah. Lack of jumper. Uh, he's needed to prove himself, especially sharing the floor with Franz Wagner, who's you know a, a solid shooter but not a knockdown shooter. Wendell Carter, same thing. So for Orlando, that's where you have concern there. However, the connective playmaking ability, like that guy just makes rapid decisions. It's, he's a high IQ guy, a tough, big 6'7 defender at the guard spot. So we're talking size in the NBA. Like That's going to be a trend with some of these young teams. You have Charlotte, and now this big Oklahoma City across the board, big, long teams. And then Orlando, they're going to be putting out lineups where Anthony Black is the smallest guy. And yet all five players on the floor still have skill and handling ability. The question's the jumper, and that's where Jet Howard, I think drafting him is a bet on he's 6'8". He's not a defender yet. He's not a passer yet, but he's a scorer. He can shoot. So the things that he doesn't do well – they would hope are covered up by the things that he You're does well, which nice. is scoring. You however, guys both hated this pick. However, with Jed Howard at eleven, I agree. I would have went, you know, with Grady Dick instead. I yeah. would have went a different direction. Why I, would you take Jed Howard over Grady Dick? I you watch more I college basketball that, than anyone. Well, I, I think take. they saw the suit and uh, they said we Was cannot. That it? We, we cannot take this. <laughs> they were wondering why he was dressed <laughs> Honestly, like a magician. Not a bad reason. <laughs> they had him until That's they the saw flag. the suit. It's kind of like last year at the draft. I feel like they saw Paolo Bencaro and they saw him standing next to Jabari Smith and they said, "Okay, well that guy's the number one pick." Yeah, right. Uh, he was yeah. literally a walking red flag. Right. Wearing that I was suit trying to come up with a nickname. I, the best I could do was Siegfried and Brandon Roy, but I, I don't. <laughs> I, he just looked like he was a Vegas entertainer who was. He had shoulder pads. Yeah, heading uh, out for a cigarette yeah. between breaks of like his 
Maybe he didn't want to go to Orlando, but he's going to Toronto now. But like you said, KOC, they needed a shooter. So I understand you're trying to talk yourself into Jed Howard. He has the wingspan. John Hammond loves the wingspan. So that makes sense. It's nice for Anthony Black. He doesn't have to be the primary ball handler for this team. You got Franz Wagner. You got Cole Anthony. You got, you know, Suggs. Uh, and durability is the big thing with Anthony Black. He plays. He played the most minutes on Arkansas. He shows up. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have turnovers, but he's also not going to be a problem for you. So, And he can guard one, two, and three. That's another nice piece to have a guard who can slide down at six foot seven. Well, I'll look for him during Magic games, and I'll be able to find him because nobody will be within four feet of him in their half-court offense. <laughs> yeah. He'll just be standing by himself as they double-team Paolo with his guy. To defend Saruti, though, I think the hair was hurting him. I think Saruti saw the hair, saw the, the, it was the number look. next to the pick, and was like, oh, my God, is this Alfred Payton? Great. Anthony yeah, Black true. is not Alfred Payton. Okay, good. I think he's better. They do need shooting, though, still. I mean, yeah. like, Jed Howard helps, but, um, I mean, like, with Black, Bancaro, Wagner, Carter, that, that's, that would be the concern with that team. Like, how much better are those guys going to get? Bancaro was one of the least efficient jump shooters from both mid-range and three this past season. Off the catch, off the dribble, it didn't matter. Um, so like they need like internal improvement for it all to work. So Toronto ends up with Grady Dick at 13, which is another red flag if you're Orlando, because Toronto usually drafts really well. Yeah. I, just, I just would have taken Grady Dick. I did ask during his interview whether he was foreign. I know he's from Kansas, <laughs> but it was it became unclear after a while. I was like, is he from here? <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll hit uh, some of the other big storylines. Omax went to the Mavs at 24. And the Celtics are trading the 25th pick to 31. And, and they took Marcus Sasser at 25, and they're trading it to the Pistons. So now the Celtics have number 31 instead of number 25. I bet you they wanted Omax. We're going to take a break so I can stick my head in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about. 5 o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, we're coming back. Not only did the Celtics not get Omax, but what <laughs> happened? How did Dallas get him from Sacramento? So Dallas absorbed Rashawn Holmes from the Kings into the their traded player exception they got for trading Davis Bertans. And with the 24th pick from the Kings, they drafted Omax Prosper out of Marquette. So now they've got Derek Lively with the 12th pick, uh, and then Omax Prosper with the 24th pick and added Rashawn Holmes. So pretty good haul, I'd say. So we're looking at Rashawn Holmes was $12 million because they gave him a dumb contract two years ago. I like when teams have to make trades for mistakes that they made. It's like, whoops. Uh, so we got Fox at 32.6 and Sabonis at 19.4. That's 53. Herder at almost 16. That's almost 70. Monk at 80. So they have free agent money now. As you know, I like to mm -hmm. do math as I do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But for them to trade 24 and Holmes tells me they're targeting somebody or something. Could it be Grant Williams? Could it be who else? Who else would make sense for them? I'm just, be, I'm just trying to figure out their exact financial situation. Well, they're they're uh, going to have enough for somebody for like twenty twenty five million. So who else makes sense for them? Or could that be like uh, they try to trade for somebody? All right, we're going to watch them. Dallas, they go back from ten to twelve and take Derek Lively. We'll talk about OKC in a second. Mm -hmm. um, the ESPN announcers made it seem like Lively came on like a freight train as the year went along. Um, fortunately, we have Tate here who watches college <laughs> basketball. Tate, what was the exact story with Derek Lively here? Well, Lively was, uh, when he first started at Duke, right, he was the number one player in the country. There was a lot of conversation about, you know, he was a stretch five, right? That was the, uh, mm. the big narrative, right? He was going to come in, he was going to block shots, he was going to hit threes. He was the prototypical ideal center in the NBA moving forward. He did not make a shot outside of the paint until February. Um, and That's bad, right? Don't fact check that, but I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> that is the truth. And it was all 
dunks. This guy could not do anything except for dunk the basketball. And then all of a sudden, you know, Carolina Blue comes to town and uh, a flip was switched. He had a great game. A lot of scouts watched that game. Talked about his elite rim protecting. Was a switch flipped or a flip was switched? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> both. my brain was broken. So uh, <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, and at that time, you know what I mean? It, it felt like Lively just shot up the boards. And then the Mavericks talked themselves into it because they needed rim protection. Lively's probably the best on the board. He also was the number one player. But we have to remember it was a COVID class, right? So it was not scouted as it usually is. Not to say that the scouts are always correct, but he was the number one player in the last COVID class. So Whitehead, I, Smith, I mean, right. the other guys up top yeah, have the, all fallen. It's, it's yeah, we great. looked at that list, and the what was George from Baylor was number six in yeah, that class. George. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Brandon, Brandon Miller was ninth. Yeah. And then, uh, like, Grady Dick was, like, 14th. And yeah, Chad was Howard was, like, 45. Yeah, it was like a that. weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I think for the Mavs, I mean, like, it, the, the player type makes sense. I mean, yes. it's just a matter of how good is he actually going to be and how soon. When you, when the pressure is on to start winning with Luka, when he was struggling for the far majority of the season as a freshman. Uh, but, like, I think the player type, like, just to, like, to give love to the upside of him, he is a lob guy. And he is versatile on defense. He's not just a rim protector. He can at least, you know, switch a little bit comfortably. So I think for Dallas, Christian may, Wood 2.0? More I mean, like JaVale, I mean, right? Man, more like JaVale. Well, they've yeah, had both like, of them. Like a younger, of them a younger, younger JaVale you with would, less of the headache. Yeah, you would hope better than JaVale, obviously, but something like that. And then Omax Prosper, like like you love him, Bill. His versatility, his size. Him. I think adding him as a wing defender hurt. for them. It, they're trying to bolster their defense clearly with what they've done tonight. Well, so going backwards, they throw away the last week of the season so they can get the number 10 pick. They take that number 10 pick, they go back two spots and dump Bertans' salary. In that salary spot, they trade with the Kings, put Rashawn Holmes, who's like $5 million cheaper than Bertans, get 24, and do OMAX. Yeah. OMAX. So they wouldn't have been able to do any of that if they didn't tank the last week of the season. Flip side... Miami's a playing team that made the finals and came within three wins of winning the title, and they had Luka Doncic. I still don't know what the right answer is. I don't like throwing away seasons when I have one of the best five players in the league, but then you read um, or hear during the summer that Luka's lost at least 15 pounds. Mm. I mean, he looks good I mean, in the video. So maybe it was just a throwaway <laughs> year for him, and they realize, like, oh, I my don't God, trust summer workout videos. You I, don't? I don't know if it's a Ben Simmons thing, but any of these guys, you know what I mean? And in college, the same thing happens. Every time a guy comes from freshman to sophomore year, he added 15 pounds of weight, but he also lost 30 pounds of fat. And he also grew six inches and he also learned how to shoot 35% or better from beyond the three right. point. You know, a lot of that stuff. I feel Should like. Should we have done summer workout videos for Kyle before the wedding? <laughs> He's looking good over there. Kyle, Kyle looks look great. Look how serene he is. <laughs> Married Kyle. I'm constantly smiling. So happy over there. And he's got no concerns for the ABA draft. This isn't like the NFL draft, you know what I mean, where he's talking himself into Patriots picks. He, he oh, yeah, I there. love it. Well, with Dallas, we were wondering could dumping Bertons lead to my Draymond theory that Draymond was potentially going there. And the research was Kyrie's cap hold was so big that they would have had to renounce Kyrie to then have the cap space. I still feel like they, they have cap space, they, though. They would have had to re-sign Kyrie to a smaller number. Like, let's just say $20 million annually. That, that's what it would and have then it, to be. Or just renounce him and get rid of him, sure. which they're not going to do. That, yeah, which they're not going to do. But like, I think you know that brings it back to the King's point you talked about. They do have cap space, $35 million projected in cap space. Wow. If they renounce all their cap-pulled free agents, which would include Harrison Barnes. Yeah. So suddenly they're a team where I wonder, you know, could they be a Draymond team? Like, hey, come to Sacramento from Golden State. Oh my or God. who else could they that's, be pursuing? That's a weird fit for him because Sabonis, Sabonis is also a stand on the key guy. But it, but it works with Looney. It's just that when you have Looney and Draymond, you have Steph and Clay and all those guys. But I wonder who it could be. Like maybe well, Jer- could that be? I, I have a name for you. Didn't they try to sign Zach Levine once? Hmm. Zach Levine would be interesting. Yeah, they did try for him, but I don't. I don't lo- love that backcourt necessarily. It's smaller. Yeah. Before trying to trade, think who else? How about Jeremy Grant, somebody like that. Chris Middleton just opted mm. out. What if you really overpay for Brooke Lopez with Sabonis? Big overpay. Yeah, like like if he if he's getting shores offers, up the rim protection. Yeah, right? he's in the 2008 draft. I get a little nervous. I know, with he's Brooke. older. He's not. He's not how a about young Kuzma. Dude. Could they be a Kuzma team? Oh, that feels yeah. Kingsley. Kuzma yeah. feels that like he feels would take Sacramento Kingsley. just to get back to California. They could also yeah. be a just trade for somebody else's yeah. asset team, right? For sure, like get like a DeAndre Hunter. Wasn't there rumors about him? 
with uh, I don't know. With I thought there was Sacramento. Hunter Rumors with somebody. Well, well I mean, I'm, they have Griffin behind him too, right? So yeah. if they feel good about AJ Griffin, Austin Reeves, maybe that's an yeah, Austin Reeves right. team. I don't know. My guy, there it is. But but the point is, like for a Kings team that just had their best season in two decades, that now they have an option to even get get better. I think with Harrison Barnes, he's solid, but you can find upgrades from him in this free agent class. I agree. It seemed like Barnes was a little bit of a leader on that team and just a good locker room guy and all that he stuff. He was just the, the adult in the room. Yeah, but at the same time, you can find or you other could, Harrison Barnes. Or you could types. re-sign him to, you know, 10-ish, 12-ish million, depending on what his market is, and still have cap space for a 20-plus million dollar guy. I think he'd be a really appealing mid-level guy for somebody. Yeah, like 12 million. If he's yeah. a 12 million veteran, been mm-hmm. in some big games. Um, on the flip side, OKC trades up to 10. Man. Love OKC. And weird. I think this was my single favorite move. I just continue to be so impressed by the Zombie Sonics, how over and over again. And it feels like they have a type. They're like your buddy that you see certain people that they're with. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's his type. Mm-hmm. OKC likes these these guys who they they know how to they're super competitive and they know how to handle the basketball. And that's their type. And now they're going to have SGA and they're going to have uh, Wallace and they're going to have Josh Giddy, who's Holmgren. not even 21 yet. I mean, their backcourt, like that's it. You don't even, you know, you barely need anything else. Holmgren, um, my guy, Jalen Williams, my favorite. They make it look simple too, right? That's the, just over that's, and over again. Yeah, that's the most it. annoying part about OKC. You're like, of course, right? When they take Case and Wallace, I mean, I even said to you, KFC, he'd be great in Dallas, right? I mean, For that, sure. he's such a good player. I feel like, you know, he's a top seven, top five type talent in this draft. And now he's going to end up in OKC with a, a lot of talent, young talent around him and a lot of opportunity right behind SGA, which is going to be mean, great for that second unit. Like they're going to have a good playmaker on the floor 48 minutes. Right. No every breaks. single every single minute. And they have cap space. Yeah. I mean like they, that's a team that could also just say, fuck it. I mm-hmm. we talked about this on one of the pods a couple weeks ago. Like if I'm okay seeing like, why not? Yeah. Like to after Denver, like whatever spot in the pecking order is sitting there and they were a five hundred team last year everywhere. Anyway, Giddy's a year older, Williams a year older, now you're adding Chet back. They probably need some sort of big guy to put with Chet. It's a little again, rim protection. Brooke Lopez. Like he's the guy right. I'm, I'm obsessed with. Like who's gonna who's gonna pay Brooke, offer Brook Lopez a significant contract offer to try to pull him away from Milwaukee? I don't know who it's gonna be. I don't know if it will be anybody. But I just think he's the guy. You talk about Chet. You don't want him to get you know defend Jokic and defend Stephen Adams and all these right. tough interior centers. Well, put him off Paul. You know, have him in the time time Lord Rob Williams role where he's kind of roaming and defending and blocking shots. And then have Brooke Lopez. I, I just I, I I'm with you, Bill. That OKC, they have all this good young talent. They were in the play-in conversation there last season. And they season. have a top ten guy. Yes, they do with SGA, who could propel himself into you know actual MVP conversation, not just all NBA. And if you really go pedal the metal with free agency here, you still have your young core. The guys you add in free agency, it's not like they affect you long term or if they're short one, two, three year contracts. I think OKC should go for it and and be aggressive because they get a lot of talent that's ready to to blossom. And we can't also forget your team for you, Tate. Yeah, I mean, I like OKC. Now that you're breaking up with Charlotte, because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not breaking up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. But we're gonna be all right. But yeah, I like OC, OKC. I like the fit. Um, and I like that uh, Kaysen Wallace is gonna go to a team that's going to lean into who he is and let him be who he is. And I think Shea will be a great mentor for him. You know what I mean? That's the craziest part about OKC is like Shea's at the point where he's a first team All NBA guy. Yeah. It feels like he just got in the league. Right. And that's how quickly they, like you said, it, mm. it's time to actually formulate and make a team that can actually contend. Stop stashing all the picks. Stop waiting. Let's go. So why wasn't Kentucky better last year? <laughs> well, like, what's um, the 22nd answer to that? Well, Oscar Sheboy um, could not handle a double team, and that's, you know, why he's, you know, we'll see if he gets why drafted, tonight, drafted But yet? he was the reigning, you know, national player of the year um, coming into the year. A lot of hype around this team, but he also had a weird knee injury that they were covering yeah. up at the start of the year. Um, but, yeah, not being able to pass out of double teams. We could talk to Kyle Mann about that. He was very frustrated, but, yeah. All year long, Kyle was so frustrated. Yeah, that's the short me. answer. <laughs> Blame Oscar. I, uh... I don't like taking a big guy in the top 15 unless it's either a bad draft or I think he has a chance to be like a really, really above average starter. Where Dallas took Derek Lively, which is like, oh, he makes sense. We need size. I just think it's so easy to find centers. 
they're all over the place. Like Detroit has seven of them, you know? And it, you look at the next couple guys, like Grady Dick, Hawkins, who I think Tate and I like more than KSC, mm -hmm. Kobe, Keontae George, then Jalen Hood, Shafino. All of those guys, I think, are, are guys who have a chance to a be. A lot of great picks in that range. Really, really good yeah. perimeter mm -hmm. guys, which is way harder to find than a big guy. You know, the way the league is now, you can't play two big guys together really ever. You know, you have 48 minutes, and I just feel like there's a glut. I just, I didn't like what they did. I, I, if I'm them, I would, I think I would have stayed at 10 and taken Wallace. It's a risk. I mean, I, I like if Lively's not good early on, I mean, it's going to look very bad. Uh, I just think it's an upside play for them at, at 12. Cause but I, would I, you rather stay at 10 and just taking Wallace if you're them? Wallace is less if, of a project. I mean, if, if let's say they stay at 10 and take Wallace, then, you know, they're not, they don't have the ability to go get 24 and they don't have the ability to go get Omax Prosper. All right. So and, let's say they go backwards and just take Grady Dick. I don't, I don't like the Grady Dick fit for them. Hawkins? No. no. Mm -mm. Kobe? I mean, they needed a big. They needed a big. And like, I know you don't. I don't, quote, I don't like unquote, drafting for need in the lottery. But it's not just need. It is because I feel guy. like Orlando did that too, where they're like, ah, let's take one more crack but, at a but point need, card here. Need factors into the equation of best player available. Like Lively was a top high school recruit, and him being number he, one in his class, yes. I feel like at some level they go back to like uh, Neanderthal brain, and they're like, he's number one in his class. Yeah, he, 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 a yeah, bad yeah, year. yeah. And he's twelfth on the board. It, like, maybe he had a bad relationship. It, maybe right, something weird right. happened. And, and all and all the things that he doesn't do well, it matters less with Luca as long as he can set good screens, roll hard to the rim, catch lobs. We like those are. The things we know lively can do it's just a matter of how ready is he going to be to be to defend at a quality level in, in the nba can he help that mavs defense so you have Pro probably 15th. not yeah probably not as a rookie um but you know maybe year two year three you hope you get better out of him i don't know if i'm if i'm dallas and i have luca and i'm going to bring back Kyrie. i don't need a project as my big man no, i better risky better make sure that that dude can play I just don't have a lot of faith in Dallas's decision making. I thought the Kyrie trade was just reckless. They've made mistakes every single um, year. Other than the Luca trade, which was incredible, I just don't agree with stuff they do, and I, I don't think this was a great thing for them either. On the flip side, OKC. I mean, if you just told me in a vacuum, OKC and Dallas is going to make a trade, <laughs> who do you think will win the trade? I'd be like, gee, I wonder. <laughs> is it the most competent franchise we have in the draft or the other team? Uh, some other fun stuff from the draft tonight. The twins went back to back. When I was growing up, we had the Thompson twins who sang, hold me now. I played you hold me now. And mm -hmm. Dr. Doctor, uh, I can't say they were smash hits back in the eighties. Hold me now. You hear hold me now and was you're a like, real okay, song. I've yeah. This. And yeah. it was in one of the eighties movies. Uh, Amon went four to Houston. Osar helped me with my speech dyslexia. That was good. Osar. That was good. That was I got great. it. I nailed yeah. it. <laughs> he went fifth to Detroit, twin brothers back to back. So Asar was the better shooter, better defender, and was the MVP in the bogus league they were in. Finals MVP. Amen <laughs> was the better athlete, more explosive, upside guy. And you guys were split on who you liked more. So Tate, what was the what was your case? I just like that Amin had more of a branding potential. I think you're kind of uh, <laughs> either name. one. You know what I mean? I like the name better. I think you can do more with that. So if I'm a Nike, Adidas, whoever he signs with, probably Nike. But, uh, you know, you can roll with that. And I also like that he averaged 9.2 assists. So I like that he's a playmaker. Oh. And the shot that his brother hit to win finals MVP and to win the championship was a pass from Amin. So I like that he's a little selfless, you know, in this world that we like to give credit to the playmakers, right? We like talking about Jokic, LeBron. I like that I'm, I'm in is okay to, you know, defer to his brother. It's close. I mean, I had them four or five back to back. Osar, slight edge. Right. Um, you know, oh, I had Osar, you know, oh, right, on, right, on my right. board one yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, mock draft was right. But I think with Osar, he just has the better shooting ability. His shot mechanics through the pre-draft process and last year with OTE came along much more than Amen's did. And I think maybe this is like a little bit of like nature nurture in the sense that now they're falling in different situations that work for them though like with amen he's in a situation where they need that primary ball handler so those are the things that he's done his whole life that's what he's done the best i can't wait to finish with this because i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> no, keep going well, and but then in the detroit you got Cade cunningham Jaden yeah. ivy and now you plug in osar who's been playing off of his brother for a long time now 
I think it makes sense where they ended up going. I just think Osar gets a slight edge overall just because he does he's better at defense, better at shooting. And I still think he has some untapped potential as an on-ball guy as well that he's only flashed because he's been the second one behind his brother. This reminds me of when they did those experiments in the 50s with twins when they would just put <laughs> them in two different situations and one was a great situation and the other one was a bad situation. What you laid out for us are, like, if Cade's back, which I assume he's back and they just tank the season and he'll be 100% healthy and he's got Jaden Ivey. I like that backcourt. And they have a bunch of big guys, right? It's an easy fit for him. Yeah. Um, he can just kind of slide in and do the things, he can but float it, do a glue guy bit. stuff yeah. and kind of pick his spots. His brother goes to Houston, which is a whole team of like these offense first, whoever gets the ball over half court gets to run the rest of the play and take a shot. I think that's, you know, Udoka's there and maybe he'll, he'll hit people with the ruler in the newspaper every once in a while. But, um, I just don't like the team. Who's going to make him better? Like if they don't sign James Harden, and there's a lot of buzz now that Harden's going to go back to Philly. So unless they get Fred Van Vliet or some other free agent point guard or they trade for somebody, this is going to be a whoever gets the ball over half court gets to shoot team. Amen's going to have to be the guy to to change things there. He's going to have to be the culture he's 19, changer. Though. I know, I know. Yeah, like, well, I mean, like Jalen Green 20 now. thinks he's I mean, the guy who's yeah. going to be the guy who, you know, I just, I don't like the situation well, the, the, for him. I, that, I think with Amen, situation-wise for basketball, like they need this is what they need. So that part makes sense. But situation-wise, yeah. in terms of culture, it's a lot on his shoulders. And he's going to have to be the guy to settle this offense down, get them into sets, you know, have Jalen Green be in his place as more of the off-ball guy, the secondary creator. And then you draft Cam Whitmore on top of this with the 20th pick. It could be a major steal. But he at Villanova last year, I mean, he was ball-stopper. Yeah, and so I think with Houston, this it, I'd be shocked at this point if they acquired James Harden. This like both of these picks are two raw players; they're not ready to win yet. This team is going to probably struggle again unless they, you know, do something unexpected in free agency. I also like the rivalry between you know Cade and Jalen Green have that rivalry going, but now you have the yes. Twins on different teams, and you got Detroit versus Houston. Maybe the Twins turn on each other, right? We're we're used to like the Morris <laughs> yeah. Twins where they're like kind of yeah, they're you know, in line. they're in line, right? And it's crazy that they were drafted twelve years ago in twenty eleven. It doesn't feel that long ago, but um, to to maybe have a rivalry between the Twins, even though they're so connected, I think that would be a fun storyline. Um, I think Houston's fun, and I think Cam Whitmore. I thought that they liked him at four. So to get him and Amon Thompson, I mean... Right, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I'm criticizing Houston because these are two great picks. And they're the youngest team, I right? just think you almost like have to start over with what you conceive of this team. And um, Kyle, turn the tic-tac camera on. What's, what's my camera? This one? James Harden. If you go sign with Houston, if you go sign and play with this team of young guys who are like years away from doing anything... Um, I think we should revoke your Hall of Fame membership because don't you want to try to make a run at trying to win the finals or win the title? This is it. You go there. You're just like the old guy and you're just kind of <laughs> fading into the rest of your career. Like he doesn't want to try to get back to the finals, be on a good team. Maybe he's willing to be a local hero instead of a national hero. You know what I mean? He's willing to be what a Houston hero forever, right? That, that's a, Maybe that's his play. I don't know. I don't know what James it's Harden like, has It's like in Kobe doing that last Lakers contract, <laughs> but Kobe won five titles. <laughs> he could do the last Lakers contract for 80, for 80 million for two years because he'd already won. Well, it was kind of like a tank contract at some level, right? Yeah. It's like Kobe deserves all this money yeah, and go, then we'll go, go get the young players. retirement tour right. and the whole thing. Exactly. James Harden hasn't done anything. <laughs> so it, there's no way he can go to Houston now. You seem like you're more skeptical than no, me. No, I just, I just, I think it would be, I'd be shocked if he went back at this point. After this draft, they draft Amen Thompson. And if I'm Houston, what do I want James Harden for? Now right. I have all these young guys. Yeah, you have all these We stumbled handlers. into this Cam Whitmore miracle, assuming he doesn't have some issue that we're not finding out about, but they get a guy who was being bet pretty heavily to be a top 10 pick who was being rumored as high as four. He goes to 20. It's an absolute bizarre event. Miami passes on him. Mm -hmm. They've taken every chip on the shoulder, a guy who's fallen in the draft last 30 years. It's overall a good night for the Rockets. Totally. Uh, you know, you get a high upside guy with Amen who could end up being, you know, behind Victor, the best player in the class. Like, he has that upside. He could be your number yeah. one option in yes. the future. Like, an actual yes. franchise cornerstone. So and, you have him and you have Jalen Green. Cam Whitmore, a finisher. Right. Yep. Him, Jalen Green, and Whitmore, hopefully. Our guy, Shingun. Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith. Tari Eason. They have a ton of talent. 
Yeah, I kind of like that. I Houston mean, I mean, team. And they're young. Like, they're young. And guess what Ime's going to do? Ime's going to come in and say, we play defense. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to work on the defensive end. And if you don't, I bench you. I, I don't care about, you know, what you expect to do here. I, I think that's going to be fascinating, too. And the FGAs on this team is going to be fascinating. Who's taking the most shots? I think that is what I'm looking at at the start of the season. I'm looking straight at FGAs. Who expects to be the number one guy? Because I think Jalen Green, the best version of himself, is being the number two guy on a winning team, not the number one guy. And I'm not sure he's willing to accept that because he obviously had a problem going number two when K was number one. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's like the crunch time five of the Rockets? Jabari. Shangun. Shangun, Jabari. Jalen Green. Green. Whitmore and then, and then Tom, Thompson? Thompson, yeah, and Thompson's like that, yeah. basically your your point guard, your initiator. But if it's not, so he can be like the point forward, basically, right? If it's not, like I think what's interesting about them is they also have the ability to play smaller. You could go with a Smith East in front court. You have Garuba, underrated center mm-hmm. uh, that they have as well, coming off their bench. So I think they have so much flexibility with lineups that for Kyle, turn the TikTok camera around again. <laughs> James Harden, I think this might be a good move. This team has a lot of talent. They might have a lot of young, fun on this team. Young talent. I'm back in on the Rockets. <laughs> this sounds great. They just need a distributor who can take everyone in the club after. <laughs> Show them around town. Um, the Thompson twins looked like they were came out of central casting. Like, mm-hmm. they were, like, All-American season four. But they're just, like, two handsome guys. I'm with Tate. I hope they feud. I hope there's some sort <laughs> of some sort of clothesline, and I hope uh, Asar is, is just pissed off. I mean, Robin and Brooke kind of pick on each other, but it's always yeah. a good fun, you know? But I feel like a real rivalry where Jalen Green, like, tries to get Amin to talk bad about the Pistons and his brother, like, that's That'd that's what we want. Or maybe we'll end up with a trade where they Detroit trades the other twin back to Houston for Jalen Gray and something like that. We can get the twins reunited. Wow, Kate and Jalen together. Yeah, a couple years from now, that'd be something. (laughs) Let's take one more break. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all-new Cantina Chicken Menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high-quality ingredients like seasoned slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna get warm. You're gonna start wearing shorts. You're gonna start wearing bathing suits. You're just you're not gonna be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also, it's nice outside. Get outside, do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps, full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes, and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So one of the things that's been really hard to adjust to in the summer of 2023 is Washington might be competent and intelligent. Something that certainly hasn't been the case since I was a young child living in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. They flip spots with Indiana and they get Kolobali, my French hero, um, who's grew a foot when he was 19. I'm always in just blind. He was 5'11 yeah. and he grew to 6'8. That's like if, if you're like, hey, <laughs> I'm thinking about getting a spicy margarita with jalapeno. I'm like, in? Just blind. I, I need no more information. The guy, the defensive long-armed guy who grew a foot when he was 19, I'm always in. Like, prove to me that guy's not going to make it. Washington says, fuck it. This is perfect. We're tanking anyway. We just got Jordan Poole today. He's going to take 30 shots a game. We're going to do um, Tyus Jones. We're going to audition him for three months and then hopefully try to trade him for two picks. And then we take this French guy who will have no impact on us whatsoever this year other than defensive intangible stuff, but long-term really might be something. And I can't tell if this is a Ewing theory right away team or not. We don't, I asked you this question last night. Are we sure the Wizards aren't going to be good right away? You're kind of on that. Like you think the Wizards could be better than expected. 
with yeah, their, they with their lose, backcourt. They, I really they, like the backcourt. Tyus yeah. Jones and Monte Morris yeah. are two legit point guards that can, you know, the, the first and second unit are going to be organized. They're right. going to play good, solid basketball. They're going to make the right decisions. They're going to be in the right spots. I think Tyus Jones could be like a most improved type candidate, right? Just right. with the opportunity. Jordan Poole as well. Both right. of them could be. I mean, Tyus Jones has wanted to be a starter for a long time, and he's flourished whenever he got the opportunities, and Jordan Poole's going to get 25 shots per game. Like he's going to put up big numbers on offense. It's just, it's just a matter of everything else. But I, I like what they've done. I mean, they get eight second-round picks, four first-round swaps, one protected first, Jordan Poole, Tyus Jones, Landry Kramit for Beal and Porzingis. That's not and, a bad and haul. And 100 pick swaps. Yeah, like that's not bad considering the circumstances with Beal having the no trade. And I, I and like, you could replace Beal's offense with Poole. Yeah, it was twenty three a game last year. He, you know, he, it wasn't like he was lighting it up. He wasn't the thirty point per game guy yeah. we saw. You know, he has been a guy for two years. years. And now they got Koulibaly, who I mean, like for him with the Mets ninety two this past season, he starts the year on their junior team, and he's doing a ton of on ball. Yeah. He's scoring. He's playing, running pick and roll, isolating, and he looks smooth doing it. And then he's playing a three and D role. Next to Wemby and doing that at a high level as a defensive stopper. And Wemby came and over for a freaky handshake with him where he took his <laughs> giant, massive hands and just tried. They, yeah, everybody the, who tried to shake hands or do a high five with Wemby, it, it Adam actually Silver. seemed terrifying. <laughs> right. It was like he took over his arm. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had his arm halfway up mm-hmm. Adam Silver's forearm on a handshake. I, I've never seen anything like And I've this. never seen Adam Silver that happy. He's like, finally. He's like, this is what I've been looking <laughs> this for. Is my guy. This is my LeBron. It was I like Priscilla when he saw Chris Paul. You know oh, what I mean? He yeah. like, pulls him closer. <laughs> so while they move up a spot, give up a couple second rounders. Indiana moves back a spot and takes Walker from Houston. Getting a whiff of... Smells a little busty, this pick. Mm. I hope he makes it. I hope all these guys make it. But this is the one that's like, what's his position? It's like, well, he averaged 11 and 7 in college. Oh, cool. 11 and 7. Can't believe he was able to pull that off. He's 6'7". Feels like he's in that kind of Brandon Clark, Grant Williams, kind PJ of a Tucker. Yeah. Not, not really sure what his position is. A gamer. Everybody talks about, oh, yeah, gamer, competitive. I just don't know if the, I want to spend the eighth pick on that KOC. I think it's fair to question that at the eighth pick. I would have taken Taylor Hendricks instead. I think Hendricks is the better prospect. So you went nine Walker. to Utah. Yes, and uh, Utah, one of the big winners of the draft. But I, I think for Indiana, with what they did there, you're betting on what you're betting that he can do more of what he did in high school, which was more on ball with his size at six seven, two hundred fifty pounds. He was a pull up guy from mid range. He's shown the ability to be a catch and shoot guy from three. So. For Indiana, I would I would imagine they're thinking we have Miles Turner at the five, Jarris Walker at the four, two guys who are, can be good defenders and can space the floor on offense, so they can play five out. How about trading back and getting them? I don't know if they could have moved back four spots. I don't know if they could have the been tenth guy in 2022 and, in the ESPN top hundred date. Mm. Yeah, and I felt like Houston, they were so good, and everyone wanted to find the reason why. And Sasser ends up going in the first round, so that makes a lot of sense, Marcus Sasser. To the Pistons. Right, but Walker was the fourth option on this team. But granted, in some of their best games for Houston, he stepped up and was important for them and was able to you know show some of that scoring punch and that you know creator ability. But in general, I just felt like everyone wanted Houston to have a one-and-done guy. Jairus Walker checked a lot of boxes, and then you, know, you start putting these mock drafts together. He's 250, he's got a lot of uh, girth to him. Right. I mean, I could see him sliding down to the five and guarding a center if he had to just because of his size. But it it might be a bit of a reach. And and then they added Ben Shepard with the 26th pick and and Julian (laughs) Julian Strother with the 29th pick. So they they added two shooters in the late first round. It's pretty clear what they're trying to do is that's surround Halliburton with these versatile pieces and targets for him to find. And I I think what they're doing makes some sense, even though with Walker, I do wonder about like the upside compared to some of the guys taken behind him. But I think he's going to be solid at the least. Oh, I hope so. He's the eighth man. Very, very Pacers to take like these college players. You know what I mean? That's kind of like a traditional thing that they would do anyway. So it makes sense with those. I like uh, I like Strother a lot. I mean, he had a big shot there for Gonzaga in the tournament, too, against UCLA. And Shepard was a riser through the draft combine process out of Belmont. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's like a Alec Burks type Mm. Quentin Grimes, solid player. Um, we have Toronto with Grady Dick at 13, where he, there was a TikTok video of him of his freshman year. He had this suit. It's almost like he was so weird. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. It was like (laughs) one weird thing with him. There's like seven. And, uh, it seemed like his family dynamic was pretty normal. So it was like, maybe he's trying to get some attention 
I like American guys that have confidence, you know what I mean? Because I feel like the, like Tyler Hero, for example, even if it's weird and he's kind of an alien, I like that he has the confidence. Yeah. And I think Grady Dick kind of falls in line there where you don't quite understand it. It's a little bit, you know, you're like, what's happening here? But he believes it. He leans into it. He went to Kansas with a lot of talent around him, Jalen Wilson, for example, and he got shots. I mean, he got yeah. opportunities. He wasn't afraid of the moment, and he stepped up immediately. So Smart I, enough to grow the little chin thing. Right. He needs to be a little bit do that weird. right away yeah. so you don't look like Opie and Happy Can't be days. too clean cut. Yeah. One of the things that bothered me about Grady Dick at Kansas was that offense. I forget the game, who the opponent was, but he's just like stationary in the corner. There's no movement. And I think with Toronto, it's going to be the opposite. Like you have, you have a new coach who you know really likes these modernized motion concepts, and you have Scotty Barnes. Maybe you keep Pascal Siakam. They're going to be running like so much movement for Grady Dick in Toronto that he wasn't able to do in Kansas, especially the Barnes Dick like that two man game between them. Uh, I think it could be it's a great pick for them at thirteen, and I'm excited to see what their new coach does. And they need shooting, right? I mean, that's yes. really the main thing. So they got I considered the best shooter in the draft in Grady Dick. Two of my favorite guys. Well, I love Jordan Hawkins. We talked about him <laughs> yep. before. I just love that guy. Goes to the worst possible team for him. He goes to New Orleans. They're just loaded with perimeter guys. He's got C.J. McCollum right in front of him who's going to play 30-plus minutes a game. Trey Murphy, who I think everybody really likes. Love Even he him. didn't get enough shots. You also have Ingram and Zion. Um, it's a team that seems like they... seems like Zion's staying. Um it's a team that seems to have some urgency toward proving something. And I just don't feel like he's going to play. I hope Willie Green adapts because with Trey Murphy, Pelicans fans all season long were frustrated with his usage. He took like six threes per game, even though he's a 40 yeah. plus percent guide, nasty off screens and everything like movement shots. He was unbelievable. The last month of the season, that pretty much doubled. He was like 10, 11, three point shots per game. So if that's an indicator of Willie Green, you know, saying, hey, we're going to start taking more threes with our amazing three-point shooters, then maybe Jordan Hawkins becomes a weapon. But they were 29th in attempts. Yeah. It took a long time for them to get going with Trey Murphy. I would hope that that's a lesson for how they need to use Hawkins to get the most out of him. And he is a specialist, right? I mean, he can come in and kind of fit a role immediately where they're like, you're our three-point specialist. We're going to throw you into games like Duncan Robinson to be this threat. We're going to chase you around screens. Yep. We're going to let you have a green light when you're out there, but you're going to have limited minutes. And based on if you're hot or not, that's how much of a leash we give you. So I can see the fit a little bit there. But like you said, there's a backlog in the backcourt. And I mean, even like Alvarado, I mean, some of these guys that you're just like, they have to be out there at some level. I just think that it takes minutes Away from him. Are you, are you in the Hawkins club with me? I'm in the Hawkins club. I mean, okay. I like winners and I like shooters. He hit in 29th. I feel bad track. for him. I don't, don't right? want to be in the club. Yeah, well, KSC's out. They, <laughs> you're not invited. <laughs> they compared him to Ray Allen and they showed the Ray Allen shot in the finals. And like, oh I said, my God. they were setting him up. You know, I didn't like that. That, that got me a little scared. Hey, the ESPN draft, I, I just don't know. They barely talk basketball. They P had these Pajimski. crazy comparisons. They talk Chris Paul trade, right? <laughs> yeah, right. right. Poor Bod. <laughs> yeah, they had. They have Hawkins. They're comparing to Rip Hamilton and Ray Allen. Rip Hamilton, two UConn guys. Rip, Rip Hamilton's a little Rip fire. Hamilton's good, fair. Yeah. But I'm saying it started with Rip Hamilton. It's like, all right, UConn guy moves, cuts, and then it's like. And then Ray Allen is the other guy. It's like, what? Settle down, Ray Allen. And it wasn't was like even awesome. shades of. It was like, this is who we expect him to be. Yeah. And it was literally the shot he hit with the Miami Heat. Oh, my you God. Know? He, Ray Allen was awesome his whole career. Yeah. Ray Allen was a 25-point per game guy with the Supersonics. He was, also oh, Ray Allen was yeah. always good. And it was in he got game. Mm -hmm. um, the ESPN, the, whatever they did this year with the tables, with the family. So each guy got picked. And we had to watch them hug 12 people. And then walk up to the stage, hug Adam Silver. Then we would have the how does it feel interview. And I was just like, can we just talk basketball? Like, what did Indiana just do? Why is Cam Whitmore falling? Mm -hmm. Please explain this Dallas thing. Didn't even ask Cam Whitmore space? about how he felt about falling, right? I mean, they just said, how's it feel to get drafted? It's like, well, you expected to get drafted in the top five, top 10. Yeah, Cam, now are you, you fucking, did What's you think about on? leaving? You, you must have a major chip on your shoulder tonight, Cam. Of course. Huh? Like, are you going to do the Draymond thing where you remember every pick in the front Cam of you? The Cam Whitmore, once he fell past 10, it became the biggest story in the draft. Like, what's going on with this guy? And we've heard, like, does he have a medical issue? Um, I heard his coach was, didn't really stick up for him. Yeah, you know, did his, his coach, coach. badmouth yeah. him? What is it? But it's to go from I'm going to go between 4 and 10 to I am now available in this Lakers, Miami, Golden State. Are you fucking kidding me? They're going to get Cam Whitmore and none of them take him? And in the draft, it was like barely a conversation. I don't blame the people on the draft. That's the producers and 
I've worked some of these shows. The producers, they just want to steer toward the human elements. Right. And all that stuff. They like to ask why you're crying instead of being like, you know, what do you like about your fit? I mean, they at least they asked Pajemski about, you know, playing with Steph Curry. That was yeah. one good example after they ignored yeah. that he played at Santa Clara. He said he wanted to go right. against them. And now, right. now I'll get to play with them. Right. That, that was thing. good. Yeah. yeah so um, so the, the Lakers get Jalen Hood Safino. Out of Indiana. Indiana. Yep. And this is a classic just knows how to play fun to play with guy. The kind of guy that LeBron usually succeeds with. Now, we don't know how long LeBron's going to be with the Lakers. Could be just this year and who knows after that. But this is the type of guy, the high hoops IQ guy that would fit. I really like that pick. I was bummed out because he was, he was, him and Hawkins, I think, were the two I was kind of hoping would drop to the Celtics. You like that pick too, right? I like it a lot for them. It feels like a good pick for with LeBron and then potentially post LeBron. It might take a year. The 20 year old point guard's not really a huge success rate for them playing on good teams. You liked him too, Tate? I love his pull-up game. I love his mid-range game. Mm -hmm. um, I love that he played with Woody and within the context of that Indiana team. Trace Jackson Davis was the primary guy. He was able to slot in and fit in. And there was a point in the season where Indiana fans were saying, is, is he our best player on the team? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's how good he was. And uh, fast. Right. And I think it's a great opportunity for him. And even if he goes to South Bay and is like the primary scorer and able to, you know, gets his sea legs in the league. I think that'd be great. He for just him needs too. to improve as a shooter to play with LeBron because yes. he was thirty percent on catch and shoot threes last year. So uh, like, I think you're betting on he's him. He's better off the dribble yeah, than yeah. he is catch and shoot mid range. And free LeBron's throw line. more. I need catch and shoot guys. That's the only. Red and, and so I, I think there's at least the positive indicators. He's got good touch. He's good for mid range. Good from the free throw line. Maybe he, you know, for the Lakers, they feel good about what they saw in workouts for him to be an off ball guy with LeBron James. Well, he's also a trade asset if they decide to do anything. Yeah, right. Because that's. Yep somebody you could move and then golden state they get the santa clara kid who rosillo loved <laughs> i i just shout out to rosillo because um he gets chris paul his favorite guy to the warriors that was awesome his second favorite guy is steph curry and then the santa clara guy was his favorite guy in the draft out of the lottery and what that guy's win. going there too so he might move he might be on his way living He's in going Oakland to the or berkeley he yeah. might be living in berkeley my next chapter just into <laughs> 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 a Move in with Logan Murdoch. Up there. Yeah, he could maybe move in with Logan. Um, but this was your in your draft guide comp. You compared him to DDV, which is mm -hmm. funny because they're going to lose DDV because he's going to sign somewhere. I don't know. Can this kid play right away for them? I think so. He's I, I twenty. Think, I mean, he deserves the opportunity to play right away. And, and like maybe you have too many ball handlers. You know, Chris Paul now, Stephen Curry, where you're just not going to have the minutes and the opportunity for him. But I think he's going to get an opportunity because he's not just. I mean, the, the tif, difficult part for Steve Kerr with these other young guys, Wiseman, Kaminga, Poole, was the lack of feel. He couldn't trust them on defense, couldn't trust them to make the right decisions. You're going to have Pajimski come in right away with a high IQ. He knows how so to play with the system. shooter, yes. scrappy guy. Shoots, can move without so the ball. So why did he go 20 or 19? I mean, he's six foot four. You know, he played at Santa Clara, I think, with other teams. Like I think the reason why he maybe fell a little bit was because, you know, he was at Illinois and he was playing behind guys like TJ Shannon, yep. who goes back to Illinois. And then he goes to a mid-major in the WCC. Granted, he was the WCC player of the year. So it's not like he was, you know, he was great in the WCC, but maybe that's a knock. We're at a high major level. He had some trouble with the competition. Mm. He goes to low major. He's great. But I mean, Santa Clara back-to-back -back years where they have first round guys. Unbelievable. I mean, that's it's pretty amazing. Well, last year's guy big. was the steal of the draft. Exactly. Yep. So and, that's and encouraging. And Pajinski could be too. I mean, like he has the qualities to be a steal. My favorite stat about him is like, even though there's questions about his defense, like six foot four, that is, you know, why teams might bet against him. Eight point eight rebounds per game at six foot four. Like this guy is like and he averages said, two steals a game. Like he's the, very active. What did his dad say? Like, well, the, like he said, "Oh, you're, what are you going to get from your son? Oh, he's got a dog in him." He like, went to true. military school. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had two. You great asked dad him to jump. He doesn't say how high. He yes. just does it. Yep. That yeah. was the dad interview of the of the <laughs> night. The uh, Scoot's dad was great. We had some good dad interviews, mm -hmm. but that one. That guy got me fired up. I yeah. was like, this guy's going to make it. Yeah, right. Look at his dad. He's right. a badass. Yeah, he was like, give me that microphone. He's <laughs> like, shut up, son. <laughs> so then, yeah, then the draft pretty much dropped off a cliff after Cam Whitmore. Then we started, it started to feel like a normal NBA draft where got people the coach taking flyers. And all that, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but Cam Whitmore at Houston. I got to say, Houston, you got to be feeling great. You get basically two top 10 talents. At number four and number 20, you're up to trade. You don't do anything. I like it. 
if you looked at those two guys, you would think it was the magic that got a guy at six and eleven, right, with that talent, right? And yeah. to get them at four and twenty is pretty insane. We didn't talk about Utah. Just let's do them just quickly, and then we'll start wrapping up. They get Hendricks at uh, at nine, and they get George at sixteen, and they struck oil with Walker Kessler last year. They struck oil with Markkinen. I like Agbaji. Am I screwing that up? Ochai Agbaji. Yeah, Agbaji. Most I've, outstanding player. I, I'm saying the names National right, champion. and I have so little faith in <laughs> yeah, myself. No, all right. I feel like I'm screwing the names up. <laughs> I feel like up. the NBA just keeps bringing in players for you, yeah, too. They're like, um, here's this guy, Pajemski. Utah's the big winner. They're the Ooh. big winner. Tonight. The big winner. Yeah, That's your yeah. number one? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Because you got Taylor Hendricks at nine, six, number six player on my board. He's going to like 40% shooter from three. Versatile defender. Now you pair him with Walker Kessler, who's already that. an awesome rim protector, and Larry Markinen. You get size in that front court. You have shooting. You have versatility. And then you add Keontae George, who like we watched him this past year at Baylor. He's a score first guy, but he has some good moments as a playmaker. Good moments on defense. I, I just think this Jazz team, what they're building moving forward, George is going to have the opportunity to be the engine of a really versatile team with a bunch of different weapons and different lineups they can put together. And that's what you want in the NBA is versatility, not just from like a positional standpoint, but for a coach, versatility with the lineups that you can put on the floor. And Utah has that with the guys that they drafted and are, and are adding to the roster that they had already. And Keontae George is a lottery guy. So to get him yep. at 16, I mean, that's a win. They have Jordan Clarkson, who we didn't mention. They have Olenek, who we didn't mention, and Colin Sexton. Just a lot of Good guys who can players. handle the ball and put the ball in the basket. Big guys, interchangeable dudes. And so, last year, they started out so hot, they almost got ahead of schedule, right? They got people on yeah. the scent, and then they had to chill out a little bit. So. I mean, and like we talked about Oklahoma City being a team to try to take a leap. What about Utah? They have $40-plus million in cap space. Could they be a team that tries to go, you know, improve quickly and – Try to be a top four, top five so seed in the who West. Who is that then? I still wonder what's going to happen with Chris Middleton. Not that they'd need him, but he's the the fact that he opted out. And I was talking to somebody about this today. Like, if you're Milwaukee, like Chris Middleton is a. Are we sure he's ever going to be healthy again, guy? For me, like, has he looked the same since the finals? No. This is now two straight years of. What am I getting? He's a little older. Like they put a lot of miles on him in that final season, and. I was surprised he opted out, which makes me wonder if he has somewhere he thinks he can go. Maybe he wants, I mean, if he stays in Milwaukee, it's probably about getting the long-term security. Um, but for another team, like if you're Utah, San Antonio, Houston, OKC, Detroit, teams with cap space, I wouldn't really want to pay Chris Middleton personally. So I think I'd expect him to go back to Milwaukee on a longer-term deal. The most recent pick that just came in, just have to point it out, Leonard Miller going to the Spurs with a 33rd pick. What? Mil Miller's a guy that, you know, I had in my top 20, a ton of draft analysts had in their top 20, played this past season for the G League, and he like it was up and down for him, but the last month plus, he was absolutely unbelievable. Versatile on defense, pulling up for mid-range, scoring around the rim, making, you know, slick passes. I like that pick with what they already have. With Wemby in the front court, you can put Miller at the four. Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan. Like they have so much versatility around Wemby. Mm. Like we talk, like this is a theme, like so much size. They are one of those teams that I think can play with five guys where your biggest, your smallest guy is six, seven, mm. six, eight. And that's what it seems like the Spurs are kind of, you know, angling towards right now. You know, when Wemby started crying when he got interviewed after the draft, I didn't, I didn't want to. Blow it for tape, but Tate also started sobbing. I didn't know like he was such a <laughs> yeah. Right. It felt like you were so emotional. It was like Anthony Davis again. You know what I mean? Like I uh, not to say Brandon Miller is Michael K. Gilchrist. I hope he's not. Yeah. But it felt the same where you just see this you see this guy, you know you're gonna be watching in the finals at some point, and then you look at your guy and you're saying, He just said it's about to be a movie in Charlotte. So I uh, <laughs> I, I hope it's a good movie. So there's three teams left. Portland goes third, and your team is still on the board. Mm -hmm. You have a fifty percent ch chance. Oh yeah, at a at a life altering guy. And you're thinking about this. Jordan is huge in Paris, right? I mean, he literally yeah. the PSG team is Jordan Brand. He goes over to Paris all the time. North Carolina historically colonial times. We were cool with the French, right? Lafayette, shout out to him. We've tried to build this. We had, I mean, we gave Nick Batum half the money in the city of Charlotte. Yeah, uh, we had Tony Parker. Parker. We had Boris Diaw with the Bobcats. Right. right, we've done all of our French. You put in your time. We with put the in French. our network. 
And, and we put our chips on the table. We're trying to sell. This is the time new ownership gets the number one pick, and it's gone. Give him to Greg. I don't Popovich. think he sells if they if he gets Wemby, he keeps the team. I, I that's I hope like so. an extra yeah. billion dollars. I know. If you if you wait another five years, ten years, you could sell it for significantly more if you have Wemby. I will say everyone keeps saying the only thing that could stop Wemby is an injury. I think Michael Jordan could have stopped him. I think Michael Jordan could have <laughs> broken his out. confidence yeah. um, and kept him from being the greatest of all time. That's so, how you cope. Yeah, that's probably good for Wimby. He was the big winner this week. He did all these different interviews. He somehow managed to be likable the whole time. And he's just completely gigantic in a breathtaking mm -hmm. way. I can't wait to watch him in person. You're going to Vegas. I'll be in Vegas, yeah. Maybe Sacramento, too, if, if, if Wimby's playing. Yeah. It seems like he's just one of those dudes who's like, get me out there. Let me play. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes. I can't wait to find out what happened to Cam Whitmore. <laughs> uh, producing this podcast was the serene married guy himself. <laughs> <laughs> Just at peace with life. Just thinking about having a backyard and a dog. Oh, yeah. Grilling. And a, and a beer and a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, grilling. Grilling some dogs and burgers. Kyle Creighton, our producer. Uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you for sticking around tonight. We will be back on this feed on, on Sunday night. KOC, Kyle. Uh, KOC Tate. It's <laughs> a lot of podcasts today. KOC Tate. Thank you. I wanna see them on a way to sun.